The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast brought to you by Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Get yours at bigbarker.com slash Ricky Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. And DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the Ricky. Make sure you use code RTRS when you download that app and sign up to get your deposit bonus. On the show today, the Sixers find a way to make the game excruciating. And then right at the end, you think they're just, man, these guys are unbeatable. We'll talk about the Nets game. Uh, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons become best friends over the All-Star break. Instagram pictures all over the place to prove it. TJ McConnell goes on vacation with Jonah Bolden and Matisse Thibel. And the Sixers raise season pr- ticket prices again, especially on me. This is a personal issue. Um, before we get going, we have a very cool thing coming up with Colony Meadery. I'm just going to give you a hint. Colony Meadery and dogs. Colony Meadery and dogs. Dogs coming up soon. I like dog. It. Fly- yeah, Perfect. we've we've juiced in from the rain into your yeah. mouth. <laughs> uh, we'll tell you about that um, in the uh, in the next pod. And on this pod, we have a very special guest. Flip the switch goes on sale officially Friday at 10 a.m. And we will announce a uh, a special guest. We mentioned it on Twitter, but not everybody's on Twitter, so we'll we'll uh, talk about that too. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who is teetering on the verge, likely, of not doing this podcast at all tonight, Mike Levin. Oh, man. At every, <laughs> at every turn, I'm just right on the doorstep of canceling the podcast altogether. I got to tell you, I, I, find your, I find your passion charming. I, do. I, don't know, I don't even know that it's passion anymore. It's a sickness. It's an illness. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's brain damage. It's all of it. But I'm here. And you know what? When the game's not on, look, it's just the regular season. Yeah, it's it all is. just a preseason to get to the postseason. And uh, come on. 26-2 and two at home. Road games don't exist. Road games don't exist. The regular season doesn't exist unless they win. That's it's right. just nothing exists. Only the good games count. Everything else is an outlier. All 40 games that sucked uh, are outliers. <laughs> and uh, however many that are good, 16 or 17, those are what I'm going to ride uh, into the playoffs on a nice big horse. Uh, so there is, so the Sixers, so Ben Simmons out tonight with lower back soreness. Brett Brown says it happened with him getting a rebound in yesterday's practice. They had a pretty hard practice on, uh, on Wednesday. And so the Sixers, it was just, 
there's some moments every once in a while where I'm like, man, what is going on here? And the Sixers announced the starting lineup, and it's got Howell Neto and Glenn Robinson III, while $30 million Al Horford <laughs> comes off the bench. And I'm like, man, what is going on here? And this game in the second quarter, I think the Nets went on a 40-8 to eight run or something along those lines. Had It was a very strange game. I, I actually... Uh, thought they were going to win even when they were losing in the second quarter and I don't know why but it was it, it the, the only look I, I have a couple reactions from this game the biggest reaction I have from this game is Embiid certainly carried the energy he took from the Clippers game and the All-Star game into this game he had a fucking great game he was just he was great down the stretch he was great during the game it was just a really really good Embiid game yeah yeah he was excellent. Um, he loves playing against Jared Allen. Yeah, Just totally took him took him to work all the time. Um, he makes Jared Allen look tiny. He really does. He really yeah. does. Um, his effort was really there tonight. It looked like he had some some pop back in his legs. Uh, we didn't talk about the All Star game, but he played a lot of minutes in the All Star game that I wasn't very happy about. But uh, we can talk about that later. We'll talk a little bit about the All Star game. Yeah. Um, had a bunch of really nice plays. The Euro step on DeAndre was incredible. Um, huge block on Wilson Chandler at the end of regulation, which I, I tweeted at AU, but like so weird. Uh, I know we only talk about Brett's coaching decision, but such a weird coaching decision on Atkinson's part to not have DeAndre Jordan in the game there because you want to put in Wilson Chandler to spread the floor. Fine. But then you put Wilson Chandler in to the dunker spot and uh, allow Embiid to protect the rim and not have to... Sp- play 20 feet away from the basket and then they run the play that would be for for deandre to get a lob except it's wilson chandler he hasn't caught a lob in 35 years he's been dead for 20 of them and they lose the game or they have to go to overtime because of it it was a really very bizarre coaching call i mean didn't we make the right play just like not the wrong personnel anyway uh Uh, and Embiid had a bunch of nice nice, uh, the offensive rebounding of uh of Embiid was huge there were some really bad defensive rebounding lapses on the whole team, on the part of the whole team. Um, but Embiid started fighting for balls and getting big, uh, big applause from the audience and stuff, and uh, denying lobs to DeAndre at a couple, couple key moments. It was just, and then hit, hit a shit ton of foul shots. So, really, I mean, excellent game. I, the 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 thing that I will always say is, it still doesn't refuses to pass out of a double team. Just refuses. Just would rather take a contested fadeaway around two people than just simply make the pass to the open guy. And it, it drives me insane. But excellent game. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't no. you? No. Corkmaz was open a couple. T- there's there's Neto. He's never missed the three. Corkmaz is right there. There were a couple times when I was like, just pass it. You can get it back. But they're a- allowing yourself to take contested double coverage fadeaways from 18 feet away it just the defense is so grateful for that if you can get the ball back and get an open or a reasonably open like single coverage shot but he just as soon as he passes it i don't think he trusts the offense to get it back to him which is which is bizarre well the, there was a point tonight and and he did carry them and there was for sure you know in in the last 5 minutes i i tweeted and i, I truly believed like they're only going to win this if he does it. You know, like, it, he's he's got to do this. And he got to the line a couple of times, and he had that huge block on Chandler. And I, I do think 
you know, as we we are are wont to do sometimes is to, you know, uh, focus on the uh, what he didn't do. But I for sure which tonight, is also what I do when I play basketball. So yeah, well, it's, it's what we do with everything. Well, there's nothing interesting in, in talking about what what they did do. You got to talk about what they didn't do. But the, he was, I, I don't know, he, he was he was dominant in a, in a really awesome way. I thought tonight, like he just he looked like a player who could carry a team tonight. And he, you know, he played, what did he play, 37 minutes, something, 38 minutes? Yeah. I don't, or do you have it in front of you? Um, you know, I, I, I don't know, for a guy that hasn't seemed in shape to to come out and do that, I don't know, I thought it was great. And we can talk about Jared Allen, but, you know, they then they just start playing DeAndre Jordan more. And DeAndre Jordan is certainly a shell of himself, even though he had 27 lobs tonight, but he's an enormous human. Like that's a, a big fucking guy. So it's not easy to do that over and over and over again. I don't know. I, I, I was really, really, I, I know he may have had better games and you, you may say the Clippers game was a better game and the, the Bucks game and, and whatever. There are some great Embiid games this year, but this was my favorite Embiid game of the year, actually. He, I mean, he was excellent. He was excellent for a lot of it. And just when, you know, the shot was falling early, and that was nice to see because it hadn't been uh, lately with his, with the you know contraption he was wearing on his wrist and fingers that he surprisingly wasn't wearing at the All Star game when no Sixers Weird, right? personnel were in attendance. That's fun. Well, um, the, it it was told to me. I, I heard when so I tweeted he's not wearing anything on his on his hand, and I heard back. Oh, that thing on his hand doesn't do anything, and I was like, "All right, no, I'm not believing this." Who did <laughs> you hear back from? I let's just say I heard I heard from somebody within uh, that the thing on his hand doesn't mean anything. Well, then why was he fucking wearing it and grimacing every time that somebody <laughs> hit his hand? Like, no, 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 no. The, he didn't want to wear it because it didn't look cool. Can we all just look? Can we all just look each other? I fucking love Embiid. He's my favorite player. I defend him too much. But he came back too early so he could do the Kobe game, and he, and he he took the fucking thing off his hand because he didn't want to look. He wanted to look cool in front of the other all stars. Let's just call a spade a spade. That's exactly what happened. Very Let's bizarre. just. He's not yeah. wearing the same thing now. It's just some tape on his fingers, right? It's yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. There was previously yeah. like a whole like hooked thing and all sorts of all sorts of machinery in there. Um, but no, ex- I mean he played excellent. He's an excellent player. I just wish he was a better decision maker more often. That's all. Well, he's better than he was, and I, I think he he continues to improve, though though slowly. You know, maybe by the time he's forty. Um, I have to say, I look. Josh Richardson was the, there were two guys tonight that were notably bad. Josh Richardson, in my eyes, Josh Richardson was not good at all. I thought he had some really good moments on Dinwiddie. Even though Dinwiddie scored twenty two, I thought they actually did a pretty decent job on him. Yeah, um, but. Tobias Harris had the most invisible 22 and 10 I've ever seen in my whole fucking life. <laughs> he just, he, he missed every layup. He turned the ball on, over under the hoop every time I saw him. There's no way he had 22 and 10. I, I just don't believe 22, the box. 22, 12, and 6 and two steals. No, nope, First team all defense, happen. a plus 18. Nope. <laughs> it's hard to didn't believe. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, you know, the numbers lie. Uh, yeah. No, not an excellent Tobias game, although he he had a couple stretches where he just got hot from the mid-range. Um, I mean, they, as a team, they shot four of 22 from, from three. Uh, they were 32 of 35 from the line, which was excellent, and spurred mostly by an 18 for 19 from Joe. Um, 
But yeah, just I think there was just some weirdness spacing all around. There's obviously a couple new guys in there. I don't know. Those some some bad some bad play on on how do you, did they miss like didn't they airball like four shots? Like Alec yeah. Burks had a big moment to hit a we'll talk about him obviously, but he had a big our ball swung to him. There it is, and he just missed by six feet. And yeah. like Josh, Josh had a couple of those. Feel like to buy. It's like everybody just so bad. That that Alec Burks three, I don't think got more than seven feet off the ground. The entire trajectory of it, like it, he just shot it straight. Uh, so it's just a weird so, game. It was just, it was a weird game for yeah. everybody. And I, I saw somebody tweeted like uh, the weirdest games of the season are always the game before and the game after the All Star game. Um, so sh- sure. Um, even, so, even Josh, like the first time, the first time anybody cuts all game, it's Josh cutting back door on a Neto drive, and it was a perfect pa- bounce pass from Neto, and Josh just fumbles it out of bounds, like right to him. Yep. It's like totally gone. It's just like one of those things that just happens. Um, but I'd rather this game happen in a win every time. Let Let's talk about the two new guys because this was the I think the most extensive run. Um, yeah, for forty one and eight minutes. By the way, forty one. 41. Great. Awesome. Uh, well, I mean, they needed they needed that tonight. That's he true. needed that tonight. He, he was off for nine days, you know, like they needed that tonight. I'm, I'm okay with it once in a while. They needed it tonight. Um, so here's like Alec Burks is exactly what he thought, what we thought he was. You know, he, um, he has tunnel vision. He can score. Uh, he will have games where he can get you some points. Like I thought, you know, he was he was really important in the last half of the fourth and overtime tonight. Yeah. What do you have? Nineteen. He he was he'll do that sometimes. I, I I Derek said Derek Bodner and Rich Hoffman were talking about whether he is who is better, Jordan Clarkson or um or Alec Burks. And I was like, look, man, they both suck, but Jordan Clarkson is definitely better than Alec Burks. Oh, I um, don't agree with that. Uh, he is. Burks he is, is. is definitely a better defensive player. Um. And yeah, but but I Jordan think, Clarkson. I think Clarkson can lose you more games than maybe Clarkson can also win you more games. But he can yeah, lose he's you more harder games. to guard. I, I think that that's I, probably right. But I, I like Alec Burks in terms of like fitting into a role. And and I mean Clarkson is impressing me with what he's doing in Utah. Um, but I, I I'm not willing to trust like a month of basketball after years of just shooting his teams out of games. But I will say this: I think Glenn Robinson probably stinks i mean no he there's guys he that are figuring they're figuring it out they can do what they he can can't do guard he can't guard that's ridiculous no well you should, I, I i'm telling you he, he karis lavert could get by him whenever he wanted to tonight well everybody could get by everybody tonight it was a very yeah. i mean this is this you talk about what the team misses when ben's not there it's like how many times uh in the second quarter were they just walking to the rim like every single shot yeah. they could get whatever they want at the rim um but yeah, I think I think with the new guys, look, there's a reason why the new guys were A available for three shitty second round picks and yep. B signed basically the minimums, uh right, both minimum deals um yeah. this offseason. Um they can help a lot in the position in like the right positions if you uh if they're like fitting into the offense correctly and the and the rotation around them is nice. Um and they can also be mediocre uh and burks was great tonight the thing i love about burks is that he gets to the line um he knows how yeah. to this is the, he's the first guy i mean you could argue mb but he's the first guy outside of jimmy that we've had that like hunts out fouls in forever um 
it's really nice to see like him just like you know coordinate his body and arrange it. I mean, obviously that's what di- makes Dinwiddie so good. Obviously, in, uh, in addition to like him being able to have be a tough shot maker, but like he gets the line just religiously. And Burks is Burks is really good at that also. So it's helpful to do that. And when Embiid's not getting to the line, which is in a handful of uh, matchups when he doesn't, it's nice to know that like okay, Ben has shown he's capable of do of of like being assertive and getting to the line at times. Uh, and and now we have a guy like Burks who's better, I think, at getting to line than Josh or Tobias. The the funny thing to to know about Burks is that he was a real guy at one point, and then he had injuries for so many, he could not get healthy, yeah. and that's how he ended up here. Like when he was when he was on Utah, I think he had a a ten million dollar deal bef- a, a year before before that was like a bargain deal, you know. Like I, they believed in him, and he and he could just not get healthy. Yeah. And then, you know, he's finally the last couple of years been able to actually get on the court. I, he he, there is some tunnel vision there, but I sure. I do agree. I do agree that he he will go to the rim. He's not afraid of getting fouled. And um, he, boy, he is part of the f- the flat shot crew here on oh, the Sixers. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. What, uh, what was your impression of the, I know you said that you thought they'd win anyway, but like the reasoning for, and maybe it's just a, you know, post-All-Star break game slump, but like they got out to a big lead. They looked good. Brooklyn looked confused. The offense was humming. And then all of a sudden just like, just chunky mud left and right for two quarters. I, I, I was... Texting with friend of the pod uh, Amos during the the uh, the game, and he was like, he, he has sworn off the team for a period of time. So, but he will, like a true fucking maniac, will stare at the box score as it at the game is going on and ask <laughs> me what's happening. I'm, I'm telling you, he is he is more from here than either of us put together. Like he is the, the Tony T character is not a character. It is the true him inside of him. So he'll swear them off and curse about them as they're losing by watching the box score. So he was like, what's happening with the offense? And I was like, man, this is sort of the product of, you know, not having anybody that creates any offense. <laughs> I mean, they, they don't have that. I, my impression of what was happening there is Joel was getting the ball, everybody was standing around, and they did not have anybody to to do anything. They started, Mike, they started Howell Neto and Glenn Robinson the third. I'm fine with that. I, I'm fine with yeah, that. But, I mean, Terrence well, Davis has, has started for the Raptors. Like, you, you should be able to work in, and the Sixers haven't proved that they're able to, work in guys that you you know, believe in or that have been sitting on your bench and then you and you carve out a role and you say, here's how you succeed in this offense. And, and but they don't have a system, but they don't have a system. For sure. Like they, they, they don't have a, and I don't know if that is Brett or personnel, but like, <clears throat> like, yeah, it's both. I, I think one of the problems is, is that when your personnel is this clunky, it's impossible to run a system for your main guys that you can just run with anybody. You know, it's it's not like they have so many replaceable guards and wings and bigs that you can just say, keep doing this. This is what we do. You know, it doesn't matter who's there. They don't have an identity in that way, at least offensively. So when they're clunky like that, I don't know. I, I guess I just look at the personnel and I say, well, I don't know. I, seems why they'd be clunky to me, you know? So I'm not, I'm never surprised when that happens. I think, I don't think that's ever going to go away with this team. 
Uh, a break from the Ricky to talk about the official sports book. Love DraftKings. DraftKings sports book now legal in PA. Mike, the All Star break is in the past, and it's uh, it's time for the home stretch playoff playoff seating in the pros, college hoops, tournament seating. DraftKings Sportsbook, that's where everybody bets. Uh, okay, so I made a bunch of futures bets, uh, and I want you to, like, judge them, if you would. Happy to. So I took—so the Sixers over-under has dropped to 52.5, so I bet that. Do you like the Sixers over 52.5? Hmm. They did They're on pace— if they played their their current pace, they would win fifty and a half games. So they would have to. Uh, I'll say yes. Easy schedule. Okay. So here's one. And so then I took some odds that I I just liked. I took Zion. Zion Rookie of the Year is plus four fifty, which basically means they're saying that would that's like a twenty three percent chance of of winning. Yeah. And there's like 30 games left. Yeah, I you, think you he need could like do a, it. You need like a jaw injury and in for Zion to keep going. I think if yeah. Jockey's playing it, it's going to be him. So I got Bam Adebayo at most improved player at plus 650, which I thought was good uh, good odds. Mm-hmm. And then that's I took, what I picked before the season. I love that. Oh really? Mm-hmm. I I like mostly it's a guy that scores a lot, but I feel like Bam gets a lot of pub. And yeah. if that team, and then the last future I got was Ben Simmons, Defensive Player of the Year, at plus twenty five hundred. So a twenty dollar bet will pay five hundred twenty dollars if huh. I cash it. Yeah, That's suspiciously low. Yeah, I'm he, telling he, you, man. He's leading the league in steals, and he's capable of defending one through five. He should absolutely be a, at least a top five finalist in the league. Yeah. And then, and then I had a big night tonight. I, the Sixers, when they were down 15, I took them at plus 275. I saw that. And then, and then I had Dinwiddie uh, over 21 and a half. So big That's night. Nice. So. I, did, I did a similar bet when the Chiefs were down in the Super Bowl and won that one. Oh, really? Yeah. Dude, I think the thing I like about DraftKings the best is the app is easy to use, uh, and it's like a companion while I'm watching the game. So, of course, they have uh, the basketball bets, but XFL – is if you if you just have that desire to bet football, DraftKings Sportsbook has not only XFL bets but special promotions um, for XFL, so you can bet that over the weekend. Deposit whenever you want. Just like I deposited tonight, just needed to deposit because I had all those future bets, but I needed to be able to bet on current games. Um, and DraftKings Sportsbook safe and secure right here in the U.S. The America's top-rated sportsbook app. Downrate down downrate downrate it. Downrade the app. We're also talking to DraftKings about a special uh, prop the night of Flip the Switch. So that'll be fun. Hopefully, unlike the TJ prop, we'll make sure this one wins. Um, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code RTRS when you sign up for a limited time. All new users get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook, a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Don't forget, enter code RTRS to get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Pennsylvania only in partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bond. Ah, I tried to do it fast. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. <laughs> there might be a time when I call that number. <laughs> back, back to the Ricky. How many minutes did Horford play? 20? 19. Ugh. He was a minus 26 in, in eight minutes at, at I, one time. I got to say, man, he's 
So had a couple nice defensive plays in the second half. I, I don't want to talk about trades, right, at all. Um, but I, I do want to say that a key to to them over the next six months, because I do think they're going to have to trade him. Like, I think they have to eventually um, for Joe, for the team, whatever, for Al. Bringing him off the bench is going to have to repair and, and like, regrow the the uh, perception of how good he is. And, you know, he had that one nice bucket tonight, the 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 bank shot mm-hmm. when they, they really needed a bucket. It was a really important shot. Yeah. But you, 19 minutes when, um, I don't know, when Simmons isn't in, I, I, I just, 19, you, you can't, when you're starting two minimum guys and you have a $30 million guy on the bench, it's tough, man. It's just tough. I get, I don't even know what I'm saying. It's just tough. That's a tough thing in for the sure. first year of that deal. For sure. Really tough. And we'll talk. Yeah. We'll get to talking about trades in the offseason for now. Yeah. So yeah. I don't want to do that. Now. Work. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, I, I. You know, I'm concerned about. Maybe this is just me and the kumbaya part of me, but like I want him to feel like a part of this team, and I want him to want to like contribute and not and not become. Who's the who's the last guy that got booed like this on this team? Covington. No, he didn't get booed like this. Covington got booed for like uh, I don't know if you remember this man. He, he had, got booed but for he like had twenty his straight games more than Horford did. There were there was supportive Covington percentage. Okay, wise. that that's Favor, fair. Favorability ranking. It was also because Horford was getting paid a lot more than Covington, which factors. Yeah, out. I'm I'm trying to think about who because it's it's in my head. Like Ed, I, I know Ed the Turner, feeling, kind of. No, I think more recently, right? I don't know. But like why is this guy out there sort of boo? A little know? just like this is untenable. And you can start to see, I think Okafor had some of it. Um, yeah. You can start to see the like fracture in the like, well, what am I fucking doing here then? Like, let me get the fuck out. And you, you start to like like become untethered to the team and, and what the goal is and everything. So I want like, you know, honestly, like MB played 41 minutes and played a lot of minutes in the All-Star game. Like, if we have an easy game coming up, like let's let's give let's give Joel a day, let's give Horford the starters minutes, and let's get Norvell some time also. Um, I I think the, uh, the yeah we have a we have a Cavs Knicks back to back next week. That sounds like a great time to sit Joe. The uh, the the thing about Horford is he has been he's been good publicly about it. Yeah, and and that's good. But you think he's Alshon Jeffrey? Uh, with the lights N- off? No, I, I think he's a good guy, I, and and I I believe that they sat him for Embiid, and I don't I don't think that they, you know, I think they sat him for the good of the team, but I do think they needed to show a signal to Embiid that they were listening. Yeah, that they and, get it. Yeah, I I don't think Instagram to sitting Horford is like an accident. I I really don't believe it was, and and the Horford thing, he has to swallow. Even for a guy like him, who is who's historically a, a you know team guy, he has to swallow a lot of bullshit to sit on the bench sure. after signing that deal. Sure. And uh, and this, this is like is the, not, you know, it's the last deal of his career, so he doesn't want to be you know. Yeah, he. I, this is just it's a tough thing for him, and it's a tough thing for the team. For sure, I just he was yeah. bad tonight. There was one time Matisse yep. had a nice drive and kick, and Horford had an entire lane to the basket and decided to take like a very Al Horfordy 
13 footer and and it rimmed out and it was just like come on just come on like that's got to go in <laughs> it's got to be either hit the easy jumper or go get a layup out of it because no one was there and uh, there's a ton of those things where Horford's just like eh you know Dinwiddie cooked him on a couple switches just not great but here's the, here's the, here's where I'm at with Horford Okay. This season, I think we can say, like, not working. Didn't work. No. Didn't work. Nope. Looking pretty ugly, the deal we're not feeling great about. Um, nice to think about, like, hey, in a couple years, whether it's this offseason or next, uh, we'll have, we'll send him in a pick for, like, some more playable guys or whatever the fuck. Fine. Um, but for now, going into the playoffs... Now they're a half game back of the four seed because Miami lost to Atlanta, which feels great. Um, Horford's just got just to be a capable backup of Joe. Just got to be a capable backup Joe. And then in certain matchups, maybe Milwaukee, uh, they play together a little bit. Like, do what it takes. But let's get us through those Joel minutes when he's on the bench and play at 100% in the playoffs. And I believe in Horford's capability of doing that. It'll be better than it was last year. And if it's better than it was last year, with how improvements from Joe, improvements from Ben, or healthy Joe, rather, improvements from Ben, and then let's just find, let's just keep auditioning quiet tournaments out the wazoo for who are those other playable wings. It looked like Korkmaz for a while. Now it kind of doesn't uh, because their defenses are really focusing on him. Um, Shake came in and helped out a lot at the end of the game. Uh, great finish underneath. Um and some nice defensive just like length. Um, plus a good game from Burks. Matisse is obviously up and down. GR3, fine. We'll see. Across the board. Um, Mike Scott didn't play at all tonight. Who knows if that's yeah. permanent. Um, but let's just keep going through those guys. And if it's like, okay, we're in a playoff series. We have Embiid, Tobias, Simmons, Richardson all playing 40-ish. Then... Let's just get those guys in there that can play and beat or, uh, Horford off the bench. Like it's that's a good that's a fucking good starting point, man. It's a good starting point. So I want to talk about Thibel, uh, but before I do, I wanted to talk about flip the switch, the replacement for the lottery party, Mike. It is combination live pod, watch party. We're going to watch Sixers versus Pelicans, and you and I will do commentary. That's right. Uh, it we'll, is, have, we'll have, like, Mark and Allah on still. We'll just comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, yeah, yes. So when we're not talking, they'll be talking sure. or whatever. Or when they do, like, um, true fan or whatever of the, the game, we'll say some stuff. Yeah. And then, uh, obviously, we'll all be hanging out, and we will have six I, – I was – I'm learning Photoshop, so I was learning Photoshop so I could make the giant driver's license thing that Sixers Adam will hold with the head cut out so he can put his head in it and people can take pictures with him. Mm -hmm. um, the entire thing, like the lottery party was, is for charity. It benefits our charity. So when you spend your 15 bucks for a ticket, it all goes to the Province Animal Center coded by kids or your VIP ticket, which is 75 bucks, gets you in for the... Uh, open bar hour beforehand, open tamale bar, including a vegan option. A, uh, we're gonna make a poster for the event that you'll get, and then we'll all take pictures beforehand. Um, but here's huge news, Mike. I, f I, I think for us, this is big. So 
few years ago, two years ago, three years ago, we had um, had this idea to make a a parody of Imagine about process. And we had Eliza Hardy Jones who does our relationship advice music. And I sent a note to Eliza and I was like, could you write a song that is about the process, but use Imagine and record it? And she is a real tour, like she's never been able to come in anything because she's always touring, real artist. And she's like, yes, of course. She records it. We play it with the video. Uh, you're a friend of yours produced the video, right? Yeah. Produced uh, the, uh, my, ben, my friend Ben and, and I edited the video together, yeah. Yeah. So did the video. And then we had Felicia uh, Rishi sing it because um, Eliza couldn't come. And then we had the Paul Green Rock Academy sing it. Finally, Eliza Hardy-Jones will be off tour and we will have her sing Imagine at Flip the Switch on April 11th at Underground Arts. I'm I'm pretty excited Let's to go. see her sing this. Yeah. I want the place to go fucking nuts and then we'll have her do 30 seconds of you don't fuck with me. Um I don't fuck with you. I'll I'll have to teach her that one. Anyway, it's April 11th, flip the switch right before the playoffs. It is a playoff. We've gone from the lottery to get ready for the playoffs. So it's a playoff pep rally, April 11th. Uh Bodner is going to come. He'll be at the VIP hour. Mike O'Connor is going to come. He'll be the live pod with us and VIP hour. Um April 11th tickets go until 10 a.m. Friday, 15 bucks for um, GA, 75 bucks for VIP. Um, tickets are uh, in shorter order than they are for the lottery party because Underground Arts is much smaller than Xfinity Live. Underground Arts, 1200 uh, Callow Hill in Philly. Um, I think that's it. Oh, and uh, Abby, our artist who draws all our stuff for our website, will be there. She's going to draw people also for a charity donation. So if you want to get like a, not a shitty caricature, um, like you would get on the Wildwood Boardwalk, but get a cool one. You can get that too. So we hope to see you there. Go to writestorickysanchez.com for tickets, writestorickysanchez.com for tickets. I'm very excited for it. Very excited. Very excited to make our return to the original Live Ricky location. Um, the original sweaty live Ricky location. Uh, so I said I wanted to talk about Thibel. He So he's been pretty average for a little while now. Um, I, I'm not worried or anything, but he has... I, I was talking with our very own Sixers Adam about him today. I almost think that the perception of... He gets compared to Covington a lot. Whereas Covington... The perception was always Covington's not great on ball, but he's great off ball. And Thibel is like the other way. Thibel's not has not been that great on ball, especially on guards. Um, Wait, I, you, I you thought think, he had. You think Thibel's better on ball than off ball? I would say. No, I think he's better off ball yeah, than yeah, on that's ball. All, that's the same. Yeah. The same book on. Yeah, yeah. I just people thought it was different, and it's not that different. And when he when he was guarding Dinwiddie tonight, he just. He he didn't. It didn't seem like he had much of a chance, actually. Um, and he's sort of a tweener right now, in that he's not a he's not like a guard. He's more a wingy. So when he's guarding a more guard guy, it seems like he has a little bit more trouble on the wing. He just, he, he just gotta like like slide his feet and keep guys in front of him rather than just counting on his recovery time to yeah you know, and trying to steal like, it. Yeah, of course. But it's yeah. I would I would like a little bit more. A little bit more like physicality in Matisse's defense. And I think I well, think he'll he, get there. Yeah, and he could put on, you know, by the time he's 
25 or 26, he could put on 15 more pounds and, and I think, or 12 more pounds and be a lot stronger too. He does, when you see him against full-size NBA guys, you realize that he is still, he's not skinny, but he's still a little slight compared to the older guys, I think, that he ends up guarding in the league. Yeah, for sure. Uh, obviously love Matisse. Yeah. Um, think that he's d- developing more dynamic capabilities in his offensive game. Um, Joel passed the ball off his face <laughs> in uh, at one point tonight, which is fun. Um, but uh, but yeah, Matisse is a at this point he's not a consistent like this is a contender. We're playing Matisse, you know, twenty five thirty minutes a night. It is currently like uh, let's see how he's let's see how he's doing tonight, and then you know we'll play him offense defense as needed. Anybody else from tonight? We had some other stuff I wanted to get to. I, don't, I didn't want to do the the whole pot about the. Next I mean, game, it was a good. It was about. a win that they needed to have. Like they needed to have yeah. and, and set the tone, uh, set the tone right. Even without Ben, like you got to show that you're capable of doing it. Uh, and Embiid certainly put everybody on his back. Um, yeah, uh, I I would just like to see just quicker decision making from everybody. Like Tobias starting to post up with like five seconds left on the shot clock from like twenty three yeah. feet away. It's just like absolutely brutal to me. Um, I can't believe he's making thirty six million dollars. <laughs> it's just it's just very. I mean, it's very frustrating to watch like just slow things develop, and maybe it's because they don't have personnel to like go into like consistent sets and Brett likes to you know deputize who's ever handling the ball to like run the plays that they want to run with freedom Brett doesn't want to have to call a play every single time down Um, he'd rather there be some just like more organic flow to whatever they want to do but this team flow is not something I would use to describe this team especially when Simmons isn't in and people say a lot of like Oh, the reason the offense isn't good is because like Simmons is is mostly a zero in the half court, blah blah blah. But like this, here is the here is a game when no Simmons. Like this is what it's going to be. Like it should everything should run super smooth, and like it just doesn't. And um, I think that's a that's a flaw of the coaching staff. It's a flaw of like the way that Embiid, who's the centerpiece of this offense, prefers to to run things. Um, obviously, they're not being like a even you know starting caliber point guard on this team without Ben uh, there's a bunch of reasons but uh, there's certainly a better team when Ben's out there they were low energy on offense they didn't really get out in transition very much and Brooklyn's uh, offense was really easy when, until they started locking in um, so one of, the, one of those things also one more, one more notice um, Joe slipped and rolled uh, in overtime to get uh to get fouled and, and put him up like seven or eight or something. And I just need to see more of that. Like it was, it was great. He was like about to set a screen and then he's like, Oh, I have lane in front of me. Let me just roll. And then I think it was Burks tossed him a nice little bounce pass and he just took care of it. Got to the line, hit both. And I just need to see more of that. I need it. I absolutely, absolutely need it. Like there has to be rolling Embiid, finding him as he's doing it and like getting easy opportunities for him. It can't just be him like, you know, everybody backing down from 30 feet out yeah. and stuff. 
I agree with you. We take a break from the Ricky to talk about our favorite lawyer sponsor, our only lawyer sponsor, the official lawyer of the process, Cornblow and Cornblow. Excited to return to Underground Arts for Flip the Switch because that was where the Cornblow corn dog originated. And uh, we'll have to bring back the Cornblow corn dog. Um, that was the, was that the idea, I think, of Rich at Underground Arts? And originally had. What did he have? It was Cornblow Corn Dog something, and there were, there were three K's. And I was like, Rich, oh, I think nice. you made, I think you made an error here. No, they all start with K. That's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we'll have Cornblow Corn Dogs there, of course. We'll we'll have tamales as well. They have good tamales there, but Cornblow Corn Dogs. Look, um, the premier boutique personal injury law firm in the Delaware Valley, and like they specialize in in. Uh, medical malpractice and personal injury, but we've had several listeners call Cornblow with all sorts of legal concerns, and he always helps everyone through it. You need, if you, you get injured, you're hurt, being hurt sucks, it's terrible. If it's somebody else's fault, that sucks even worse. You need somebody who's gonna hold your hand through this in a very kind, loving, uh, non-offensive way, and that is Cornblow. They've been doing it for 40 years, his parents started the law firm, now he's got the law firm, and he's there to make sure you get what you deserve. If you're hurt in any way, slip and fall, you get in a car accident, injured at work, anything, medical malpractice, if you even think you're hurt and somebody else could be at fault, that's when you gotta reach out to Cornblow. Don't be a hero. Don't just brush it off, you know? Somebody could be responsible. That's when you gotta call Cornblow. It doesn't cost you anything until he gets your results. Give him a call or shoot him an email. 215-576-7200, ask for Adam. When you call Cornblow and Cornblow, you're gonna get Adam. You're at least gonna get a Cornblow at first and then they'll get you Adam. Or email Cornblow at Cornblow and Cornblow.com. Cornblow spelled with a K. The and is spelled A-N-D in that email address. And the rest? It's up to you. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. Back to the Ricky. And and I, I, I do think it he he takes a beating between the backing down and the rolling, and I, I think he gets tired, and I, we don't need to see it all the time, but we do need to see it sometimes. Yeah, I mean, the, to me, it's the, it's the, like, I'm going to dribble the ball 45 times and, like, try to, like, pound through two different guys, sometimes three. Um, I'd love to see a little bit more spacing. Burks is... Uh, capable of, of throwing of like seeing the floor uh, when he's running pick and roll, um, I'd love to see just like spread it. Let's let's get a couple easy options for Embiid. Let's just a couple little like oh there it is. He's got that little like little half hook shot. Nobody has to punch him in the fucking kidneys. Like just an eat some easy stuff. Um, and then last thing, uh, congratulations to Brooklyn on Kyrie being out for the year. They'll be a better team because of it. Yeah, of course. Well, more Dinwiddie, more Levert. I've been saying know, that for they're... years. That that teams continue to be better without Kyrie. It's not. It is yeah. not a gimmick anymore. It is like just straight up true. Like when Kyrie plays, their te- his teams are worse. He's not. He's a, he's certainly a skilled offensive player, um, and can do a lot of fun stuff. But like not conducive to winning. No thanks. Uh, unless you. Uh, you know, he, he was in the right place with, with LeBron, like as just the guy who, the second guy who could get buckets and he didn't think he was the guy, you know, like he was, he, he was, it was sure, everyone was sure that he was not the main guy. 
and with him as the main guy, he's just everything he says is fucking dumb. And that, that's 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 all I think is every time I see him say something, I'm like, what a fucking idiot this guy is. I was thinking about it imagine. Today. I was thinking about it today because and, and Kyrie's part of this. Um, I was listening to the Zach Lowe podcast with Chris Herring, and they were yeah. talking about whether or not the Hawks should max out John Collins. And it's just a, it's a, one of those tough decisions of like, man, we have. You know, you, you, if you get a guy who's just like pretty good at a, yeah. some things and yeah. is young in, in like ways you've talked about before of like still wanting to go be the guy rather than they're not, you're not having to max, max them out when they're like make those decisions when they're like 28, 29 and they're like, okay, I'm ready to, you know, do what it takes to win and, f- and find a role and all that stuff. He thinks he's a superstar um, and he's obviously very good but has a ton of flaws. They're now putting him at the four because they just went and traded for Chris uh, Clint Capella. And, uh, and at 20, whatever, three or 24 years old, you have to determine, like, are we going to give this guy a shit ton of money and handcuff ourselves like that? And I just want to be very gracious that Joel Embiid is as good as he is and Ben Simmons is as good as he is. Um, now, we're obviously paying a ton of money to people that, that aren't that good, uh, like elite players in, in Tobias and, and Horford, but uh, at least fi- having a, a two two-way centerpieces of this team that we drafted and developed internally uh, makes it a lot easier than having to decide, like, okay, you know, our, in three years, R.J. Barrett is going to be still putting up, like, whatever 20 points on, like, shitty efficiency, and they're going to be like, I guess we have to max this guy out. Like, it's that, that decision-making is, is terrible, and I hate it. And I'm glad we didn't have to do it. Well, and, and it's how it, – it's, it's really the, like, a, a trouble with the NBA when you are in that position and you don't – I don't know, you, you don't really have a choice. You're like, well, yeah. somebody else is going to max him. Yep. And if we don't do it, like, it does, it does put teams in a really – a really tough spot. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. yeah. And I think also there being like a cap to a salary, like I, which I don't think there should be for individual salaries. Um, for individual salaries. Yeah. Right? I don't think there yeah. should be a, a, a max contract that like clocks out at something. Um, and I think that makes it like the fact that like LeBron and Tobias Harris are earning essentially the same amount of money is, is wild. Yeah. It's stupid. Yeah. Um, but we, I, I don't think we need to talk too much about all-star in general. Um, only comment. And it was cool. It was a cool all-star game. The end of it was cool. Like, it was, it was definitely neat to see. My my only thing with the dunk contest, it seems like a really easy fix to me. Can we just get, I don't know, actual judges in there who they sit with them for maybe an hour and they go, here's what an 8 is, here's what a 10 is, here's what a 9 is, here's what a 7 is, and be able to add tenths of a point, and we're done. Like, oh yeah, that's well. That's my. I've been saying this for years that they should be the judges should be holding up a grade of with a top of fifty. You know, they shouldn't be holding up yes. tens. They should be holding up fifty, and then they see, okay, this is all it is, and we'll average it out to be a, you know, forty six, whatever it is, because ten should be as it is now. A fifty is that's one of the best dunks I've ever seen. And there's so many 50s given out to, like, very mediocre dunks. It's obviously this thing doesn't matter, 
but a lot of thought goes into things that don't matter. And if we're going to give thought right, to it, it, we matters. should do it in a way that that is logical. And right now, it's just simply not. It's it's so stupid. It's always been stupid. I've hated the dunk contest since Andre Godal lost to Nate Robinson in what was the biggest sham of the century. A um, lot of lot of bad stuff. What did you What did you feel about the All Star game itself? And the new it was fun. You one. know, the, the final quarter was fun. I mean, they the third quarter was they also tried. fun. They tried in that quarter too. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. You know, I, it's as as good as you can get. I you know, obviously the Pro Bowl is terrible. Terrible. The uh, the hockey uh, All Star game is terrible, and the baseball All Star game is pretty good, and the basketball All Star game has been neat to see all of those guys on the same court. But they haven't tried very hard. No. I think them them trying like even moderately like they did w- is a win. Couldn't, I, couldn't I, agree I don't more. know. It's, it was yeah. it was. I think this was the best All Star game in any sport I've ever seen, and ever heard of. Um, certainly not to the, the you know the couple years that base does it still in baseball does it still like count for home field advantage, or is that done? No, no, no. Okay, no. that was a that was a dumb few few years. Yeah. Um, but this is cool. This is like, the, you know, the idea that, you know, I love the Rising Stars game. I love seeing, like, young guys, like, get hot and, and have fun and, and mess with each other and all that stuff. It's very cool. And it was all, it's always been cool to see the All-Star game and be like, wow, all these guys on the same court at the same time. But, like, you never – it was just letting – it's mostly and what it was in the first quarter of letting guys dunk. Just like, here you go. Okay, your turn to do something fun. Your turn to do something fun. But you never see them, like – actually do here's what it would look like if all if the whatever 20 best players in the game all played against each other in the same game and you never see it because you're just like oh there's not you know whatever but they fucking did it they did it yeah. in this game they were i don't know if they were going 100 but they were going at least regular season level and at some points i think like playoff intensity and it, it ruled. It was so fucking cool. Like, everyone was locked in. They really cared about it. They're, the crowd was super into it, obviously. It's a little weird that, like, we were hanging, like, $300,000 over, over the heads of the kids. That, like, the, the <laughs> yeah, that a little cool weird. Bizarre. I don't know how I feel about it, but it's cool that they got it and that uh, Giannis ended up donating a bunch of money to the other team anyway, uh, the other charity anyway. Um, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was super cool. I I I love that as an ending to to at least an All Star game. I would definitely start doing that in the G League, and see how it goes. And uh, obviously TBT does it. Shout out Jake Pavorsky. Um, but like you know, consider it for the NBA. Honestly, at least consider it. Keep thinking about it. It's the idea. This idea. I was yelling at John Gonzalez about it yesterday because his opinion is that it shouldn't end on a free throw. But like NBA games end on free throws. Yes, and and that not just not just like in, not just in the last like oh the last play ends on a free throw, but like the last for most NBA games that are close, the last like you know fifteen minutes of of real time are just free throws, and that's not a pleasant viewing experience. I'm I'm not like complaining about it uh, in a vacuum, but if we're comparing, you know, what the experience of watching like you have to get to this this many points wins like like any of us play pickup basketball versus, okay, there's 19 seconds left and we're just going to foul to stretch out the game and walk the floor and walk the floor and walk the floor, then I'd prefer the thing that has more offensive possessions. And if it happens to end in a free throw, which the TBT does like every 15 or 20% of the time, then like, great. I thought it was great. I thought it was dope. Yeah, I, I, it shouldn't end on a free throw. It, football games end on field goals. Yeah. Like like baseball game can end on a walk. Yep. Like. 
That, that's not over litigate how the game should end. Exactly. Um, but one, one of the, from the, the Sixers' point of view, one of the things that came of it, first of all, aside from Embiid being a go-to guy down the stretch, which was hilarious, but... Um, and, and I think some teammates out not, not passing them, fighting through yep, a couple teams. Yep. Come on. Yep. Uh, but was the, the Ben Simmons uh, slap on the butt of Joel Embiid... Loved it. The, the putting each other on each other's uh, Instagram. My brother. I did enjoy, I don't know if you read AU's thing yet today. So They're best friends. Andrew Unterberger, what's that? They're best friends. Yeah. So Andrew Unterberger on If Not Pick Will Convey as Two Second Rounders. Uh, brought to you by Kinetic Skateboarding. Get 9.1% off your first order with the uh, promo code uh, Dave Silver at kineticskateboarding.com. Wrote a thing. I love the new sort of... Um, He's still positive AU, but there is like a, you know, he's got something in his craw nowadays. He, the title of the article is, we don't have to pretend like Ben Simmons and Joel and Peter best friends. <laughs> and it, it was funny, he, the way he wrote it, you know, with all the, uh, he mentioned something about SpongeBob memes, like the, but I was told that they hate each other sort of stuff. Um, it did seem like they were trying overly hard. But what I will say is the fact that they were trying to convince people means something. And I think that the fucked up way they've built this team has actually made them look at each other and go, well, they fucked both of us. <laughs> um, this is about us. I Maybe it's taken them going through this to really understand the value each of each other court-wise not not as as people or as friends but on the court and i that that's all i've taken from it is that at least they're making the effort and i think that's more than you know joel said something like oh i knew the media was always trying gonna try to like you know um knock us down to to knock us down and i'm like well bro you're the guy who like makes the passive aggressive comments about well, I shoot, everybody should shoot. Like, yeah. it's not just the media, it's you guys too. And if, if you need the media as a, um, as a muse to, to like rally against something, then fine, then go ahead. Yeah, but every I'm, team does what, Yeah, w whatever it takes. I just, I, I'm glad that something has happened, I guess. Yeah. I, you know, I wish that, there was just a level, and we've talked about this before. I wish that there, everybody had just a little more like, we know what we're doing here. We're not going to fucking take it to Twitter or Instagram and, and, or to the media and like chirp about what we're unhappy about in the locker room. And not that it has fully happened with the, these Sixers in a way that like it really did with like last year's Celtics, Kyrie again. Um, but I, but you know, the, there is, the, the MB there are hints right, of that, right? And, yeah. I, and it's just one of those things. Like I was listening to, uh, Woj did a live show in Chicago at the All Star Game that Pat Bev was there for, and Pat. Wow, was, a live show from Woj it must have been fucking raucous. <laughs> it really was. Uh, yeah. Pat Bev rules, man. He's so fucking cool. And just hearing him, him. Yeah. you should listen to the podcast. Hearing him just like talk pretty frankly about like certain guys that are certain guys are winners. And certain guys aren't, and like you can tell, like who just puts up empty empty stats on, uh, on on like bad teams that are never going to win anything, um, and obviously it'd be very intense to play with Pat Bev, um, 
but like he's like he said he almost went he almost signed with the Bulls this offseason. He's like, if I signed here, we wouldn't make the playoffs. Like I would have gotten us there, like hundred percent. Like he, just him talking about that stuff. And then they, and then it was just, and he was like, we, him talking about, you know, the way that people talk on Instagram or you know w- whether it's Carl Anthony Towns or Embiid or or whoever it is. There's obviously a ton of people. I think I think the Jimmy Embiid uh, Instagram comment was referenced. Um, Pat Bev is just like, no, we shut that shit down. Like, we don't do that. Like, we shut that shit down. Like, that's not what we're doing. Cut it off. Like, we know what we're here for. We're trying to win a championship. Like, anything that's not that, we're cutting that shit off. And I just wish, like, obviously, Pat, like, had to go play in Russia and, like, a ton of shitty places and then come back here and, like, play in the G League and get cut and, like, work his way onto everything. And so he has that mindset. Um, and he's older, obviously, but, like, I wish more guys were like that, and I wish more Sixers were like that, of just, like, let's let's know what we're doing here. And as fun as Embiid is online, and I love him, it's, like, let's, you know, for everyone, for for the Sixers as a, as a group and for our own, like, you know, well mental well-being, having to live and, live and die through every fucking stray comment here and there, uh, I wish it was a little more. Cut that shit out. So I think there are two, I agree, I think there are two lessons to be learned from that. The first thing is, as much as we shit on when people say, like Charles says, you know, when a a national former NBA guy will go like, this guy's a winner, this guy's not a winner, and we're like, oh, imagine thinking that way. But here's Pat Beverly, a guy who is playing right now, who is not full of shit, is saying that sort of stuff. I think that sort of stuff is... Uh, sorry to interrupt, but I think the way that yeah. Pat Bev was talking about it in terms of like being a winner, it just means like there, people say winners of like any white point guard in college basketball. Like there's the, there's those kinds of things, and then there's the like, are you willing to do what it takes on both ends? And the, those no, kinds yeah, of yeah. Oh, sorry, I'll let you we're, get back to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're we're talking about the same thing. I'm just I I think there is more like like the quote unquote mentality or whatever, it's not a joke. Like this is, it's a real thing, you know? And I think the other thing that I would say is that, and, and you said it, is that he's older. And, you know, we've talked about that a couple of times, like, like the age of Embiid and Simmons and nobody wants to hear it, but f- forgetting about in terms of playing basketball, just think of it as humans. 25-year-old humans and 23-year-old humans express themselves through Instagram before they, you know, like before they settle down and start to think what's important and what's not important. And that doesn't mean that their feelings and the way they're expressing them are not important. Just you, you need to mature in a certain way that everyone wants to follow you and, and, and that you know what's important. And that's, that's one of the struggles with this current team is that their two leaders are so young. And they have not been through all of that yet, you know, and they're, they might not be at the point where they're ready to just sort of put that stuff away and prioritize this, sure. you know? So, yeah. yeah. Break from the Ricky to talk about a beloved sponsor, Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Mike, have you ever noticed that on social media, it seems like there is like 18 different like hashtag love your dog day and shelter dog day and... There's like a lot of them, I think. I just see them because every three Me. days it's you, bud. Yeah. 
<laughs> it was it was love your pets day. I saw that, so I went over, made Rebel wag his tail. Love my dog, and uh, because I love my dog, I want him sleeping on a bed that's going to support his joints, a real bed, not a bullshit bed, a bed that. Uh, wait, we got one today on Australian Shepherd, a new process pup. The Australian Shepherd's name is Milo. I see him sitting by the window on his brand new Big Barker. Bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Bigbarker.com slash Ricky. The only real bed on the market that's going to support your dog's joints. Engineered by experts. And you go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky. You get the bed. You get two process pup patches. You could be like Milo. You could be like Rebel. Um, and, uh, you know, your, your, pet mat- your, your pet matters, man. Your dog matters. And if, you know, it's called Big Barker because it was originally designed for big dogs. But if you have a little dog, that's okay. There's the Barker Jr. Got to have your dog sleeping on the Barker Jr. Uh, dogs, 50 pounds and up, 80% of them develop arthritis as they age, just like me. I'm over 50 pounds. I've developed arthritis as I age. Um, I have arthritis in my hip, so I sleep on a good memory foam mattress. Your dog should be sleeping on a good mattress, too. It's not cheap. Because quality is not cheap, but they're going to guarantee it for 10 years. 10-year warranty. The foam doesn't flatten or they'll replace it for free. One year at home trial. Try it for a full year. You don't like it? Send it back. They will even pay for the shipping. Handmade in the USA. BigBarker.com slash Ricky. Big Barker dog beds. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Need that. Dog needs to see a vet. Um, back to the Ricky. Uh, what else? What else? Uh, Simmons and Bead. Oh, I just wanted to mention it before we did a couple of mailbag questions. The, the picture of TJ McConnell, Jonah Bolden, and Matisse Thibel all hanging out in Jamaica or wherever it was is fucking hilarious. Yeah. It was, you, you saw it, right? I did. So the story is, as I have heard, is that TJ does not know Thibault. Right. But th- but what's funny is he went there with, there was an NBPA, NBA PA thing there, uh, but he went with Bolden. Like he and his wife were with Bolden TJ and his on wife. vacation. He, correct. That, for some reason to me, is blows me away more than the Thibault thing. It's like, wait a minute, Bolden? Really? You're, you're tight with Bolden? And then they just saw Thibel there, and they ended up hanging out with Thibel. And TJ loves Thibel now too. But Is that, did um, you hear that from TJ? Yeah, that's good. So, I, I think I just think it's funny. Like I, I, I asked TJ. I was like, "Wait a minute, how do you know Thibel? He doesn't know Thibel. But I do think it's even funnier that he was there with Bolden for some reason. Yeah, I don't know why. Hey, and I, then I feel bad. You never know who's friends, you know? Yeah. Yep. And and to that end, Justin Anderson, come on home. Yep. A um, couple of good mailbag questions here. Uh, WritesRickySanchez at gmail.com. This one is not a question, but it's a great comment. This is from Steven. Hi, Spike and Mike. I'm fairly certain we're going to win the title this year. Winning a title will prove that we were right, we were always right, and will be the second biggest sec- celebration the city has ever seen. But after we win the title, Embiid could balloon to 360 pounds, and Ben will probably never shoot the ball again. It'll definitely be worth it. I guess my point is that we're not going to win multiple championships. <laughs> TTP. I think that's great. Um, I think I too think it's time to start thinking about what we do after we win the title, um, and the fallout from that. Oh um, God. Uh, yeah. 
if the Sixers win the title, I'm, I'll be good. It's over. Are you gonna balloon to three sixty? I'm gonna balloon to three sixty, and you'll never hear from me again. I just, I will stop <laughs> answering your calls and texts. <laughs> Might just never. I'll come back for the parade, and I'll just disappear into the ether. Um. Next question. Uh, I thought this was good. Uh, well, here before we get to a question, and this is coming. Just so you know, so this will come next month. This will be one of the pots. It'll be a good way to kill uh, some regular season time. This comes from Jeff who at one point, I don't know if you remember, suggested a field of 64 jigsaws. And I think we did a field of eight or something. So Jeff says, just a heads up, the field of 64 jigsaw bracket is nearly complete. I'll have it to you guys before the start of March. I went through old pods no, and used that, some that of the- is a, This is an off-season thing. If, if I've ever heard of an off-season thing, it's a field of 64 jigsaws. No, it's gotta be in March. No. We, we do two podcasts a week. We got to talk about they play the Knicks and the Cavs. Are you kidding me? I can't, or if, no. they, if they win those games calmly, I'd love to. Okay. All right. Well, we'll make a, a value judgment. We did feel the 64 process players in March once. It was very popular. Um, just a heads up, the field of 64 jigsaw bracket is nearly complete. I'll have it to you guys before the start of March. I went through old pods and used some of the jigsaw options Mike didn't choose. No offense taken if you want to burn, if you don't want to burn through 20 minutes in a month's worth of pods to do this, but I said I'd do it, so I'm doing it right. I'll keep you posted. Keep an eye out. So that's on the way. This is from Michael. I like this one. When the Eagles invested heavily in Foles as a backup, there was concern that it was an overpay. If Foles were a starter, he may not have been what we needed. That's where Horford seemed to be the first two-thirds of the season. Now that he's coming off the bench, it's a win for everyone. Rather than view Horford's contract as an albatross, shouldn't all of Philly fans be celebrating him as the backup we needed on this team? We, of course, have always appreciated him. What do you think? Horford as Foles. That would require Embiid to get hurt for that to fully come to fruition. Oh, yeah. Not on love. Yeah, I don't um, like that either. I do think, in the spirit of flip, flipping the switch... That Al has a switch to flip, and so maybe that sw- switch is uh, hitting open jumpers. Um, and two other quick emails. This one's from Brian. It's not even a question. A burger place in my hometown called Have a Burger has a burger named the Hinky Burger, and it's actually really good. It's in Havertown, PA, and he sent a screenshot of the Hinky of the menu that has Hinky Burger on it. Um, so somebody should go try the Hinky Burger. Uh, I didn't see what was on it, but there was a Hinky Burger. And finally, I really like this one. This comes from, his name is Chisholm, C-H-I-S-H-O-L-M. What's good, guys? I'm a sports radio host for KRXO in Oklahoma City. I'm also from the same hometown as Sam Hinky. My pops was his coach, and, and he spoke at my high school graduation. Needless to say, oh, my small hometown... Dorky fucking graduation speech he gave i know right yeah (laughs) talking about email all right if anyone knows a better way to walk just please send me a dm of using (laughs) which heel toe method (laughs) that's very funny needless to say my small hometown of five thousand people are now weird and obsessive with the sixers so i listen to your podcast As I mentioned, though, I host a four-hour show every day of the week, been listening a while to the podcast, and I've been laughing my ass off this season. You guys sound just like me for the past two years at Oklahoma City. Frustrated fans and frustrated superstars, fractured locker rooms and players-only meetings, 
All you're missing is Carmelo's corpse to give you incredible post-game quotes, and you would have the full experience. Just wanted to say I'm grateful you guys have taken over the coverage of the worst good team in the NBA. Tough. <laughs> it's, a, it's a painful... <sighs> Definitely a painful email, but the Oklahoma City uh, comparison is is not a terrible yeah. one. Yeah, Houston's there too. Certainly, plenty of uh, egos have been swirling around in there. I don't think it's that. Yeah. I don't think it's that bad ego wise. I think it's just just weird weirdness. Again, yeah. the Zach Lowe, Chris Herring pot they talked about uh, are the Sixers the weirdest team in the NBA? And it's like not only this year, but since 2012, like. Yes. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yes. Yeah. Like, mark it down. If we're giving out MVPs to the weirdest thing, it'd be like, you know, when you go back and look at Shaq or whatever, it's like, doesn't he deserve more MVPs? Like, the Sixers would be the MVP of the weirdest team every single year, unless you're trying to spice Mm -hmm. it up. It's us, always. Zayer Smith almost died. And that wasn't even the biggest one. Nothing. That wasn't even the biggest. Not even a thing. What are we doing? Can we? Can you? I I, I know y- you have open communication with uh, with Zach. Um, can you tell him it's Thibel, not Tybel? A lot of people say t- I ch- Tibble or Tybel. It's wrong. It's I checked. It's definitely Thibel. Yeah, for sure. It's Thibel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he'll listen to you. All right. So we play the Bucks on Saturday night. Yeah. Yes. On the road. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. The next time they play them at home is in April. Right. Right after Flip the Switch, I think. Perfect. Right before, right around there. Right then. What an exciting time. And just a friendly reminder, if the Sixers lose on the road, it doesn't count. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, we will talk to you Sunday, Sunday morning. Yeah. Uh, Remember, Flip the Switch on sale, 10 a.m. on Friday. Hope to see you there. And that's it. Are you done with TTP? Yeah, you know lick face. Say the name, say the name, we were right, y'all, we were right, even when